It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerd. Welcome to episode 397 of the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of three, a Green Lantern fan, and a Funko Pop collector. And I'm Mo, shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than absolutely no one. I'm a wife, mom, elementary librarian, and seeker of truth, except when it comes to reality TV. Today on the show, the science... Uh, si- <laughs> oh, <she> bought- <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> the scientific case for forgiveness. Also on the show, oops, did I do that? <laughs> but first, today is Monday, September 6th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It's Fight Procrastination Day. Mm, I'll do it later. That's okay. <laughs> uh, also, National Coffee Ice Cream Day. Uh, you know what? Of all the ways to enjoy coffee, that's probably my favorite. In ice cream? Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Tastes nothing like coffee. That's kind of why I like it. <laughs> but it is it is pretty good. Uh, hey, and it's National Read a Book Day. Mm. I'll do it later. There's too many book. There's too many book days. I feel like there's like four book days a year. A book day. Which I guess is enough to read four days a year. Done. And hey, we didn't forget. It's Labor Day. Today, both day is labor day, both today, both day is labor day, both today, both day is labor day, both today, both day, it's a labor day, both day, both day, day, both day, day, both day, day, both day, come on, everybody, it's labor day, come on, everybody, it's today, both day. That's the Home Star Runner Labor Day song. You're welcome. I sing it every Labor Day. You're welcome. Uh, you, that's a lie. You don't sing it every Labor Day because I have never heard that song before. I'm I'm almost positive I sing at least part of it every Labor Day that we have a show. Every. <laughs> but I think that's the first time I've made it through the entire thing. So. Well, typically because you would reference. always. Typically because you would always shut us down if we tried to sing something in its entirety, something about copyright. That's blah, true. Blah 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 and yada yada yada. But now we're on a radio even, station that pays for it. So. I can't even sing what I want to sing. <laughs> But also, I found out that that's because you think that I have a horrendous singing voice, so that's okay as well. I mean, if by you, you mean society. I mean you, (laughs) Matthew. That's who I mean. And society includes yourself. let me just tell you, I sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow for my second graders last Tuesday and had them all sitting there going... And then had one tell me, you sound just like Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, look, I'm going to, from the look Shut you up, just don't gave, even say it. from the look you just gave, that could have gone either way. Oh, no. <laughs> they were in awe. I thought they were going to say, kill me now. <laughs> no, they were, they were in awe. In awe. You sound like Taylor Swift. T-Swift Oaks. T-Swift Oaks. T-Swift. That's what we're going to call her. T-Swift Oaks. M-Swift. That's what we're going to call her. Nah, that's all right. <laughs> Mswift. Swift. Mm, Swift. Mm, no, that's okay. How's your uh, week been? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to share the story from a few <laughs> days ago. Because <laughs> it was great. From last Wednesday? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my shirt debacle? <laughs> that one? Yeah. That one? Okay. Um, so... Go to school on Wednesday, and first of all, it's a half day, which I don't mind half days, but our district has started this whole thing where the first Wednesday of every month is a half day, and it like it's frequent enough to be a headache and a nuisance, but not frequent enough for me to remember it <laughs> from a parental perspective. Mm. So Tuesday night rolls around, and Mila's like, Mom, what am I doing tomorrow? How am I getting home? And I'm like, oh, 
you getting home? <laughs> and so I'm running around because teachers still have to work a full day. Right. It's a planning day and a training day and yada, 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 whatever. Um, I didn't mean that. That sounded rude. <laughs> but it's a half day for students. And so I'm, as a mom, trying to figure out how to get my child home and work that around my schedule and Chris's schedule and everything else because it's just not working. And at 630 in the morning as I'm getting ready and my mind is racing around all of those things, I'm not necessarily focused on all the other things that maybe I should be focused on. So, you know, I put on a T-shirt, just a (laughs) solid colored T-shirt and a pair of jeans and some sandals and looked super cute. (laughs) Was really quite pleased with my outfit and went to school. And I did. I did, in fact, take a quick glance in the mirror as I left the house, but again, it's 6.30 in the morning, so it's not super bright. The lights in my bathroom aren't super bright. And then I spend a full day in the library, working, doing trainings. <laughs> the debacle with Mila getting home fixed itself. It really ended up not being a big deal at all. But yesterday, or Wednesday evening, as I go home, And I walk into the bathroom for the very first time of the school before I go to leave at 4.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) Um, The lights of the school bathroom are incredibly bright, super bright. And as I'm washing my hands, I then happen to catch a reflection, a glimpse of myself in the mirror and notice that my solid colored t-shirt that I thought was really cute and quite flattering completely showed my bra. (laughs) Every bit of it. The pattern on it, the outline of it. I didn't didn't realize it was a half day, so that makes it a little bit better. It does make it a little bit bit better, yes. Um, But yeah, I went all day. Spoke with numerous people. Thankfully, I only had one class on Wednesday. (laughs) It was a class of fourth graders. So, and you remember that boy from my third grade class last year that was like, are you married? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was in that fourth grade class. (laughs) That might not be a good thing. I'm just, I'm just thankful you don't work at a middle school. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Those are formative years. Formative years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could have you know, had a real problem on I'm your hands. I'm also for the really rest of the thankful year. that I don't work at a high school, specifically at the high school, because can you imagine all of the like conflicting thoughts the boys would have had? Like, not only their teacher, but of course, a peer's mother because mm-hmm. i have two high schoolers myself like mm-hmm. what am i doing i would have been what? heck with them yeah. yeah yeah oh they'd well, have gotten the worst of it i feel like so i really think <laughs> i know for 100 percent that canon would have said something to me he would have been like mom i can see your bra <laughs> you got a sweater go put it on whereas topher would have been like he would have given me like eyes and like been looking up at his phone and Eventually, I would have known, and I would, what are you looking at? I can see your bra. That's what, like, that would have been Topher. <laughs> I feel like he just might not tell you. <laughs> just like, hmm, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> no. No. Mila, Mila would have been the one who would have been like, mm, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> how long till she notices? I took hmm. her to school. <laughs> She didn't tell me. She didn't say anything. The whole drive to school. Not a word. Oh, gosh. That's not funny. A word. I should have asked her when I got home Wednesday, did you know that you could see through my shirt? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? But I didn't think about it. <sighs> yeah. So she posted that post on Facebook calling out all of her. Yeah. All of her co-workers for yes. nobody telling her. Because I sat in multiple classrooms sitting there talking to them. <laughs> and not a single one of them, except for one, was like, yeah, I noticed, but. 
thought it was the style. And I'm just going to say, <laughs> she says that she noticed. You know what I noticed? I noticed her staring when we were talking. And I was like, why did you keep looking at me? <laughs> kind of weird. And then I go to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, that's why she was looking. <laughs> She's just like, she's got to be aware of it, right? (laughs) I shouldn't say anything because I know she's aware of it. If she's not aware of it, that's just going to embarrass her. No. Then I'm going to get embarrassed if she is aware of it. And I'm calling out because apparently I'm too old fashioned to understand today's sense of style. (laughs) She made it into work. (laughs) It's got to be okay. All right. Not even my principal said anything to me. Nobody. Nobody said anything. What did your husband have to say about Good all this? Grief. He just laughed. <laughs> he just he just laughed. He leaves before I do in the morning. Mm, so he didn't so, get to yes, he wouldn't have so, had the chance <laughs> to save you. Nope. <laughs> and he would have. Because I before we leave, I'm like, does this look okay? And he'll tell me. Honestly. That's something that he learned early in our marriage. I think we've talked about this years mm. ago. But women really do want to know. Yeah, don't do the white lie thing after yeah. you're married. No. Before you're married, sure. They can't fault you for that. After you're married, they need to know, and you're the only one they can ask. Yeah. And <laughs> especially after we've had kids, because, you know, then things that used to look good and used to at least kind of be okay, don't look okay anymore at all. <laughs> but sometimes the mirror lies. You know, sometimes that lights aren't as bright. <laughs> In our house, as they are elsewhere. <laughs> and so if your eyes see something that our eyes don't, oh, and we well. say, does this look okay? We want you to actually look at us. Okay, take it all in. I said, oh, I said that they won't fault you. Oh, we'll fault you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you'll also appreciate the honesty and not going out in public. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. true. You have to be diplomatic about it, gentlemen. You can't just say, you look like a whale in that thing. You have to be like, you know, listen, from the back portion, <laughs> from the maybe, back, you look great. Maybe there's some spots that you're not seeing that I can see and everybody else will be able to oh see. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't follow my advice. <laughs> Don't look <laughs> Don't wave singles. <laughs> Oh, gracious. Dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Dollar-dollar bills. Holy cow. <laughs> well, if you're wondering who we're talking to, we got uh, we record most of our morning shows on Twitter. Most of the morning show that you'll hear today was recorded on Twitch, all but the main topic. And uh, we, <laughs> we have a bunch of friends in the chat with us tonight. All our friends. All our friends. Uh, so Even Ragai is here. Right? I feel like Raggai, he's yeah. never here. He's always busy when we record. He is always busy. So, being on Thursday. Ooh, what up, Ragai? <laughs> All right. I don't really have any stories from this past week other than it's been long and tedious and boring and sleep deprived. But um, <laughs> there is a wedding going on at our church. Or, well, there was this weekend, which is. Last weekend. Uh, this, past, this past weekend is what I'm meaning. Because we're living in the future. <laughs> and so it's screwing up all my normal plans because I'm the only one that can run the sound system for it. Word. So, okay, hold on. Speaking of uh, <laughs> bad words. <laughs> Uh-oh, what did I say? <laughs> there, was a, there was a moment. Oh, what did I say? Oriel, help me out. What did she actually say? And then I'll be able to remember what we thought she was going to say. I don't know if Oriel was part of that conversation or not. What did I say? Dang, I don't think. When was it? Rye guy. Rye guy was. Rye guy. Rye guy. So there was a moment where you were talking. You were explaining in Among Us this past Tuesday something. And you did something and you said, and I know that's a, um, I don't remember exactly what it was. Now it's really making me mad. When we were playing Among Us? Yes, we were playing Among Us. You were explaining what you're doing, and you were saying that, you know, whatever you're doing. When I was yelling at Grayson, probably, because he totally threw me. Well, he didn't throw me under any bus. It wasn't me. (laughs) About to get angry over it again. Well, that's what throwing the bus is, throwing under the bus. I know. That's why I'm saying he didn't throw me under the bus, because it wasn't me. No, if you throw someone under the bus, it is them, and you like 
Like you're in it together and then you're like, uh-uh, forget this, I'm out. It was all their idea. That's throwing them under the bus. That's what throwing them under the bus is. Yeah, I know she almost said a bad word, but what was it? You don't remember either? Um, I, I don't. Is that really the definition? I did. I thought that just meant when you blame it. somebody else. I really didn't almost say <laughs> I don't say bad words. No, and you didn't. And you didn't. But it sounded to all of us in the dead chat like you were about to say the S word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, it sounded like it. Like we all went, <gasps> and then, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm really upset that I don't remember now. I'm going to have to find it on my stream later. Shut. But <laughs> no, you didn't. Ship? It wasn't even that at all. It was like a whole completely different word. It's just the way that you said it Who? was rhythmically like that's a. It was something like it sounded like you were going to say I'm full of S or something like that. But I think it was like a, a I would full, never say I was full of it. Fully. Uh, I think you said like a fully stupid thing to say, but just the way that you said it. We all, you know what? This is bad content. We're just going to move on. <laughs> if I don't have what the actual stuff was, why am I telling the story? Uh, We're going to take a break here. When we come back, Steve Urkel saves Christmas. Uh, stick around. This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN. Strong rumors abound that Nintendo is in its final stages of upgrading their Switch Online subscription service, which currently offers a large collection of classic NES and Super Nintendo games to play whenever you'd like by adding over a hundred Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles as well. This is largely coming as the 3DS has all but ended its run, meaning that the last place to play classic Game Boy games via a virtual console has faded in popularity, now that the main console is also a portable one. That means keeping these two libraries separate no longer makes sense. Additionally, it could be a boon to excite Switch owners as the console is well into its life and focus adjust to the next generation. Just give me Super Mario Land 2 six golden coins and I'll be happy. Netflix released the first trailer for their upcoming spy film, Red Notice, starring Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The trailer shows The Rock's FBI agent, John Hartley, tracking the two greatest criminals in the world. Red Notice will launch onto Netflix on November 12th. Lastly, on September 1st, a large chunk of creators, including many top-tier streamers, took a day off from Twitch to protest what appears to be a lack of attention from the company over an epidemic of hate raids. Hate raids are program bots that will follow multiple accounts with the intention of raiding an active streamer with several other bots programmed to spam the chat with racist and repulsive comments. A noticeable dip in traffic did occur as, when compared to the previous Wednesday, September 1st had nearly 1 million fewer hours watched and over 14,000 fewer live chats channels active. Though other factors could have contributed, such as school starting back up and two popular streamers leaving for YouTube gaming, the data still shows a 5 to 15% drop in normal activity on the platform. Following this, Twitch sent an email to its streamers promising that they are not sitting on their hands but are actively working on a solution, but they're choosing not to give specifics as to not provide more information than necessary for those behind the hate raids to attempt to work around them. If you are a streamer, third-party companies are creating ways to combat hate raids in progress. Streamlabs is offering a free safe mode tool that can be activated when a hate raid begins. And there are also many tutorials on how to build a panic button on Elgato's stream decks. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And we've changed a few things up for this season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week we record our shows the Friday or Saturday before, in this this case, the Thursday before. <laughs> Everything's messed up this week. Follow us on twitch.tv slash LTN on air to be notified when we go live, because it might be anytime. And join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after the show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. Thursday nights are fun. <laughs> before we go any further, it's time for Mo's fact of the day. That's right. Uh, in the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial <laughs> Revolution in the United States, the average American worked 12-hour days and seven-day weeks in order to 
eek out at a basic living. Despite restrictions in some, some states, children as young as five or six toiled in mills, factories, and mines across the country, earning a fraction of their adult counterparts' wages. I mean, and that is why we celebrate Labor Day. I mean, I pay my nephew a fraction of what I would pay a professional lawnmower I mean, that's to fair. come toil in that's the hot fair. sun for me. But he is also 16. Mm. I'd do it if he was 10. <laughs> would you do it if he was five? Mm, no, but that's mainly because he wouldn't be able to push the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, look, if a kid wants to work, let him work. Somebody's got to make that money. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you and see as the, my student see... said this past week, there were a lot of dumb kids, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there were. Did you see that like several McDonald's across the country are having to lower the age that they're willing to hire Teenagers, no. In the certain states where you're allowed to work when you're like 14 and 15, if you have a parent's slip or whatever, they're having to do that because they can't get enough people to work. It's because what I talked about last crazy. week. It's crazy. It's because we are raising a whole generation of kids who think, you know what, I can just go right into the workforce and get a managerial position. I can run the place. For real. That's not how it works. But now it kind of is. No. If you want to go to McDonald's, no. they need managers right now. Just walk in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. line. Oh, uh, <laughs> now it's over to our weird news desk. See, I let you have lines. Shut up. You Matt. don't ever read them. Mind your business. <laughs> That's right. We got three news stories Tell for you that you might not have heard about. This one actually you probably have heard about. Maybe not at the time when I wrote it down on our show prep, but it has gotten around the internet. Anyway, Harvard University's new chief chaplain is an atheist. Hold up. Oh, 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 hold up. How does this work? I thought. I'm so confused. I mean, Harvard University was originally founded with a mission to educate clergymen uh, in order to minister to New England's early Puritan colonists. And uh, now their head chaplain over the chaplain group, like there's multiple chaplains for different religions. Head chaplains, the atheist chaplain. I don't understand. I'm not as upset that they're, that the, the head chaplain is an atheist as I am that we have an atheist chaplain. What is, what is that? What are you doing? Alexa, <laughs> what is the definition of chaplain? <laughs> I remember, I remember all the jokes and not even really jokes, but just like calling, you know, atheism is a religion when we were younger and I'm like, well, they fought us on that and now they have chaplains. So is it what, a religion? What is it? <laughs> I fought the law and the law won, but in this regard, <clears throat> The law did not win. And, what uh, is a chaplain? <laughs> and he was, uh, oddly enough, he was, there are 40 chaplains, okay, over 40 chaplains with for more than 20 different religious, spiritual, and ethical traditions at Harvard. And they unanimously uh, voted him in. So he's got to be a nice guy. And I'm not saying he's not. Just being yeah. an atheist doesn't We're make you a bad guy. Not at all. At all about his character. And, he, and and I also am not insinuating he's not going to like be good at the job. He might be a very fair head chaplain. It's just a weird thing to read. You know, it's a weird thing to contemplate. Am I right? Am I wrong? N no, you're not wrong at all. It does I, feel like an oxymoron, McGarr. It does yeah. feel like an oxymoron, hugely. <laughs> so when we were, uh, while Chris was stationed in, while Chris was in the Air Force and we were stationed somewhere other than here, because I feel like I say it all the time, um, that was the first time that we had gone to a base chapel. We chose the chapel as our church, our house of worship. Oh, right, right, right. And I had no idea that there were different chaplains for different 
religions. Yeah. But it made sense at that point. You know, when it's one house of worship hosting many different religions, it makes sense that there are different chaplains. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there was a Buddhist chaplain. Mm -hmm. And if you went to chapel on Sunday, there's a possibility that you would hear him bringing the message, which was very weird and very unsettling. It hit me, I guess, probably year two. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about worshiping in a place where other religions worship. That kind of made me feel uneasy, unsettled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the sanctity of a church. Right, it's not necessarily you're judging the other religions or anything. It's just like this is... Churches seem to be set apart. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of seemed unholy, if you will, at that point. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't. And then we got to listen to the Buddhist chaplain one Sunday, and I was like, yeah, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to find a church that speaks at least a little bit of English (laughs) that we can attend (laughs) on the economy because I can't do this. (laughs) But I had never realized that there were chaplains for different religions Mm -hmm. until that point. And again, it makes sense, especially with something like the military. You know what I mean? Where there is just a huge community of people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But good gravy. Yeah, I was like, you just don't oh. think about it. <laughs> yeah. One of those things you don't think about. Yeah, I remember at our, our base here when I was, uh, when, fun fact for all you love thy nerd folks, uh, Bubba and I, when we were in high school, were like a little, a little band together, just me and him writing original songs. And we wrote a song, a very pandering song, looking back on it. It didn't feel pandering at the time, but it was a very pandering song about the Iraq war. Uh, called I Watched Him Go. It's talking about like a parent watching uh-huh. their son go uh-huh. off to war. Uh-huh. Um, but they loved it. We we somehow, somehow through our, our choir, we got invited to come do a show for the, the new base commander. commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like really new. And so he got to hear that song and he's like, we would love for you to come out and sing that for the next all... Um, like all call, all call, yeah. yeah. Where where everybody, every military member has to come in. And it's usually it was like five sessions, yeah. to get everyone in. So we had to do this five times to go through this whole routine of them giving us this little placard of thanks for coming out and all this. And they had a real fun time. The 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 commander had a real fun time coming out and introducing us and saying, "Now before I tell you their names, one of them is named Bubba." Can you guess which one? And they would always, he would put his hand over me and everyone, ah, put his hand over actual Bubba. Ah. And it was, they were always surprised. And Commander got a real kick out of that. I didn't so much. But uh, <laughs> that's one of those things that today I feel like you could really throw a big stink about. Yeah. How dare you assume my name? But anyway. So after we got done with all five of those sessions, they took us around a tour of like the whole base, which was really cool. Let us sit up in an F F one F one fifty. No, that's a truck. Uh, <laughs> one of the fighter pilot 15? things. Fifteen. Sure. Sixteen. Yeah, F fifteen, F sixteen. One of those. Take yeah. our pictures like the pilots do. You know, we got to take those pictures and they printed it out for us, had them for us before we even left. It was really neat. Um, but. We went to all, all that's the roundabout way of getting to the point where they also showed us the chaplain area. And in the like sanctuary, I guess is what you would call it, they had a curtain on the back wall. Yes. And a crucifix on it. And then we're like, huh. Like you have, you have a lot of, because, you know, the crucifix is usually just Catholic. Catholic, yeah. Because it actually has the body of Jesus like on the cross. Like, don't you have other. What do you do for like other non-Catholics? And they're like, oh, we have this other curtain that goes in front of it. And you're like, oh, okay. And then we're like, what about all the other religions? Like, we just don't, you know, we don't have anything up. Okay, so you only have one thing up for one religion? And then you cover it for everybody else? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yep. <laughs> we didn't argue exactly. with them, but it seemed like that seems weird. Or they have the why different not just candle- not have anything for anybody? They'd have the different <laughs> candelabras that they will wheel out for the different services. Yeah. Or I'm surprised you didn't walk down the hallway with all the pictures of all the different chaplains. The chaplain, uh, 
We the might have. Just, there was a lot to take in. The chaplain of Lutheranism. There was it, a lot to take in. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, for the, someone in chat asked, what's, what's, uh, what was the band name and what was the genre of music? Well, it was just plain old contemporary Christian, just guitar and two voices music. And then our band name was essentially the name of Matt and Bubba's morning show. It was Matthew and Bubba. That was our band name. We had a really dope logo, though, that was like a star that had like an M and an A and a B made out. It was really cool. I'll post it in the, the Discord so y'all can see at some point. But anyway, that's my story. And what I, are we doing? And he's sticking to it. Weird I news. I don't know. Weird news. Weird news. Yeah, it was about a chaplain. We're off uh, the rails. Yeah. This is what happens when we record on <laughs> Thursdays. Next up, lone resident of Nebraska town surprised when census shows the population doubled. Okay. That's almost like the start of a scary movie. A one-person town in Nebraska doubled in size, according to the 2020 census, even though no new residents moved in. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. dun. The claim that M- Manawi's population had exploded to two puzzled the town's lone resident, Elsie <laughs> Eiler, who is reportedly also the male, ma- male, the mayor, and runs a tavern where she issues her own liquor license. <laughs> All right, Elsie. She said, well, then there's someone that's been hiding from me, and there's nowhere to live but my house. Why you got to talk like that? Well. <laughs> she's 87, and she's old. There's someone that's been hiding from <laughs> if me. You, if you find out who he is, let me know, <laughs> she says. Uh-huh. Apparently, the like the Census Bureau responded saying, what you're seeing here is the noise we add to the data, so you can't figure out who is living where. The spokesman said it protects the privacy of the respondent and the confidentiality of the data they provide. They said the practice doesn't alter census data on the larger scale, but is obvious in situations where the town's population can be counted on one hand. What you're seeing here is proof (laughs) that we lie. They slide some of the data around sometimes to protect some of their information. That's what I'm getting. (laughs) So the government does the census, right? The government does it, yeah. So can we just, like, get this... It's in writing, but can we get it printed up and sent to everybody who's anybody to say, look, the government just admitted to lying. What are you going to believe? Nothing. What they say are your own lying eyes. What did you just say? What they say are your own lying eyes. (laughs) I did not hear eyes. Was it the accent? <laughs> Possibly. And me talking over you, that, that added to it a little bit, too. <laughs> or your own lion eyes. Uh, a conflict of interest by issuing her own liquor license. Yeah, but I mean, she's also the chief of police, so what are you going to do? <laughs> and the mayor. She gets to do whatever she, she wants. She makes the laws, she breaks the rules. She's the mayor. She's Rolf. the, on, she's the only lawyer. <laughs> Break the rules. All right. I better get to the one story that we actually hinted at. There is a Steve Urkel animated musical. Did I do that? Coming to Cartoon Network's new Acme Night programming block. Acme. Warner Media Kids and Families building out a new family programming block called Acme Night with a Steve Urkel animated musical among the first projects greenlit. Did I do that to the holidays? A Steve Urkel story was announced alongside titles like Merry Little Batman and an untitled Looney Tunes cartoons movie. That's a mouthful to say. Uh, Acme Night, named after the fictional corporation from the Looney Tunes cartoons, will debut Sunday, September 19th at 6 p.m. Each week will start off with a family-friendly film, with the first being the DC superhero movie Shazam. Shazam! I don't quite think that's a family-friendly film. Have you seen the monsters in that thing? (laughs) The Seven Deadly Sins are among the (laughs) ugliest monsters I've ever done seen in a movie. Good night. I can't get out of this accent. I'm stuck with it all night. We are. We're recording in Texas now, y'all. Acme Night programming will also be available on HBO Max starting next year. 
Um, let's see. Let's skip to the part about this. In Did I Do That to the Holiday is a Steve Urkel story. The holiday season has arrived, and brilliant but accident-prone Steve Urkel has already ruined his local celebration by publicly humiliating a shopping mall Santa. In his attempt to make things right and score some nice points with a big guy in the North Pole, Steve creates an invention that only makes things worse. Using his big brain and even bigger heart, Steve must find the real Santa to see if together they can help the city rediscover the holiday spirit. Jaleel White serves as producer and will also reprise his iconic role by voicing the main character, which is dope, which means I'm going to watch it. Only because it's Jaleel. Uh, so apparently on Twitch, you can't say loony. You can't say loony? Yeah, no. Is loony a bad word? Apparently. What is lo- Twitch's Twitch's <laughs> censoring system is weird. Twitches get stitches. <laughs> Strange. She came it's, up with bullying. It's bullying. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> hey, Matt. What uninventive Matt. bully? You loony. What? What exactly? What you uninventive what? bully is saying loony, expecting that to cut like a knife? <laughs> Dang right I am, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go have a, Look at this a loony, loony fool. good time. <laughs> This kid's straight up loony. A loony. Ooh. You gonna cry? Burn. You gonna cry? Burn. That's what I thought. Bugs Bunny looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a thing now. Elma Fudd be. talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Suffering thuckatash eating. All right. Wow. Here we go, guys. <laughs> We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, harboring unforgiveness is bad for your health. Stick around. I'm Radio Matt, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. If you've been the parent of a toddler in the last decade or so, then you'll know there are three main streaming kings of addictive TV for young ones. The insufferable Blippi, the mind-numbing Ryan's World, and Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is one of the biggest franchises, especially when it comes to clothes and toys. The premise is simple enough. A boy and his six uniquely skilled dogs save the folks of Adventure Bay from small crises. Somehow, Ryder, a boy of maybe at the most 10 years old, can afford a giant tower headquarters with all kinds of futuristic gadgets and several special vehicles for the pups, who each have their own focus. For instance, Chase is a police dog, Marshall's a fire dog, Rubble is a construction dog. You get the idea. The show has been going on for so long that they've had to invent ways to switch things up, first by adding new occasional teammates based on location, then by adding new skills and powers, even superpowers at one point. It's all jump-the-shark material, but kids eat it up. And then I saw it. My wife and I were at the theater to see Black Widow, and there on the wall was a giant poster for Paw Patrol the movie, and I knew my boys would give anything to watch it. And since it was released on Paramount Plus at the same time, we went ahead and paid for a month of that service to get it, saving us a ton of money to not see it in theaters. We have, as of this recording, watched it seven times. The movie itself looks great. They take already established characters and build on them, adding to their backstory and diving deeper into who they are and why, more so than they can or would even want to in the 11-minute episodes on TV. The movie brings us to Adventure City, where a pup named Liberty lives and where show villain Mayor Humdinger has managed to cheat his way into becoming the mayor there. The pups are begged to come save the town. We learn that Chase once lived there but was abandoned. He had a lot of fear and anxiety about going back but eventually does because he's a hero and he must. The movie largely then follows his story and struggle. We see emotions that we've never seen in any of these characters, some even very compelling. The movie is both about saving Adventure City and saving Chase. I was surprised by how good of a movie it actually was. As a parent, I appreciate that this movie was still made with little kids as the main focus. There were no dirty jokes snuck in for the parents, no super scary or overly intense scenes to rattle the younger viewers, and the main story focused around established heroes and villains, with new characters having important roles, but they didn't take away from the main cast. As the movie goes, this ain't no Citizen Kane, but if I'm judging from a parent's point of view, this movie teaches kids the importance of facing your fears, understanding that failure is a part of life, and sharing your burdens with others to lighten the load and work towards healing. In that regard, Paw Patrol is on a roll. I give this movie 10 out of 10 pepperoni chews. That's the review, and remember, Go, go, go. 
world is too big, no puff is too small. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And hey, are you following us on all the socials? We're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us. In a world full of volatile interactions and internet toxicity, our habit of holding on to grudges, unforgiveness, and even hate is strong. We celebrate Pardon Day this week, which is a day dedicated to forgiveness and mending fences. And firstly, we want to talk about the impact that forgiveness and unforgiveness have on our health. Uh, this is an article from Relevant Magazine. It's called The Scientific Case for Forgiveness, and it's by Mike... Uh, oh, it's hard to read. Me, mehar, mehar, mehargu. Well, Megara? I, no. no. <laughs> M-C-H-A-R-G-U-E. I've never seen this name. Why do so many people have such weird names that I've never seen before, and they're always the writers of these articles? Mm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, let's read a little bit about what he has to say. The Bible makes me think Jesus was obsessed with forgiveness. He never stopped talking about the need to forgive others. His parable spoke of a God who was forgiving and expected his creations to be forgiving as well. Jesus portrayed forgiving others as essential to living life abundantly. Jesus and science are in complete agreement on that matter, and studies have given scientific evidence for many of the things the Bible tells us about forgiving others. So first of all, when you forgive, you heal faster. Scientists have found that victims of severe abuse who forgive their abuser receive measurable improvements in psychological and physical health. When compared to control groups, the forgivers healed faster and more completely. But there is a catch. Forgiveness isn't a one-time, leave-it-all-behind moment. It's a continual process. Specific techniques vary across practitioners, but the basic model is the same. Scientists, shows, uh, uh, scientists show us that our brains can't forgive people who've hurt us until we grieve the pain we've experienced. Work to understand the perspective of our abuser, decide to forgive them, and then work towards some level of acceptance or compassion toward the one who wounded us. You can't forgive and forget. Our brains just don't work that way. You can only learn to move on without wishing harm on the one who harmed you. Which we will talk about later in the week as to kind of how you get to that point and what that looks like. Uh, because it's not easy at all. And this makes it clear. That's not easy. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about how the how on that later. Uh, unforgiveness physically limits you. It says in the article, have you ever been hurt so badly by someone that you can't stop thinking about them? People who've hurt us live in our heads rent-free, showing up in our mind's eye when we have coffee with friends, enjoy nature, or spend time with our family. Sadly, research suggests that holding a grudge against one who wounded us doesn't affect them, but instead impairs us. This impairment can manifest itself in surprising ways. Ruminating over the one who hurt us takes cognitive energy and affects our brains and bodies. It raises the levels of stress hormones in our bloodstream and can elevate our blood pressure and contribute to weight gain. It even affects our ability to focus and form new memories. Holding on to hurt creates a fog around your mind and a weight on your body. And this is less of a metaphor than you'd think because in one study, scientists found that people could actually jump higher after consciously forgiving someone. Another study showed that people who thought about a grudge viewed physical tasks as more demanding. When we don't forgive others, we put ourselves in mental, emotional, and physical bondage. The person who hurt us may have put us in a cage, but we're the only ones who can set ourselves free. That's some pretty interesting stuff right there. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. And then we'll read the last bit of this article, and then we'll discuss it a little further. Forgiving doesn't mean you accept further harm. Studies have shown that forgiveness is effective and beneficial even in the most severe cases of abuse, trauma, oppression, and neglect. Both our faith and modern science emphasize the importance of forgiving others for transgressions no matter how badly we were hurt. But it's important to define forgiveness as well. Forgiveness is accepting what happened and moving on without wishing harm on the one who hurt you. It's not placing yourself in situations where you will continue to be hurt or abused. You can forgive someone and still maintain necessary boundaries in a relationship. In cases of severe abuse, that boundary may need to be no further contact. 
fact. When Jesus spoke of turning the other cheek to an evil one, those words weren't just an uh, admonishment to nonviolence. Jesus quoted the law and then described radical submission to possible legal interpretations. This approach revealed personal and systematic brutality for what it was, be it physical, economic, or legal. Turning the other cheek is not an admonishment to, say, to stay in abusive situations. As science shows, it's good for you to forgive an abusive parent or spouse. It's freeing to let go of resentment toward an unhealthy friendship. But there's no nobility in allowing those patterns to continue. In cases of persistent abuse, the best way to forgive someone is to walk away. And so we will talk a little bit more about that, too, uh, in the next segment. But anyway... So that's, that's the article. Again, this is the Scientific Case for Forgiveness in RelevantMagazine.com. Uh, Some interesting stuff that I had never heard before, especially when it comes to like the health aspects or like the you physical, can jump higher. Uh-huh, the physical, <laughs> physicality that gives a new forgiveness. Yeah, that gives a new meaning to the, the fact of carrying that weight, carrying that burden. It actually has a physical effect. Yeah. Like you really are being weighed down by that stuff. Like it's hanging on your neck or like a, a ball around your, your ankle, yeah. ball and chain around your ankle. And then it said, uh, what was the other thing? Forming new memories, how oh, you'll have, yeah. a, have an ability, how you'll struggle with the ability to form new memories or focus mm -hmm. when you're dealing with unforgiveness. I mean, when you think about that stuff, it kind of makes sense. Because you are dedicating such a significant portion of your mind uh -huh. to, to that unforgiveness. Yeah, to that anger, to that grudge, to whatever else that's that's just weighing you down about that situation. Uh, like, I remember a, a certain situation that happened, gosh, 2013, where someone that I really, really trusted just whew, messed me up. Like, I just felt entirely betrayed. And it was a year or more before I could get to a point where I could forgive him. And, like, I remember having long discussions with who was my uh, sponsor at the time, Cipriano. Just like, I cannot get over this. I cannot let this go. And it, 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 it messed me up for... I mean, it still messed me up for many years after that, but that one year I was useless. Yeah. I could not accomplish anything good. Yeah. Because it was, I woke up thinking about it. I went to bed thinking about it. Like mm -hmm. it just, everything reminded me of what happened. Like I just could not get past this anger. Yeah. Like I just, oh, couldn't drop it. And yeah, I don't remember anything good about that year. And I know good things happened that year, but that's the only memory I have of 2013. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, thankfully, the next year I had a kid. So <laughs> my, my brain now remembers a lot of good things after that. <laughs> but That's a good thing. At least. But yeah, I mean, it's just, when, when you come to the, the, the realization that that is putting an actual physical weight on you and not just a spiritual or emotional weight, that makes a lot of sense because mm -hmm. you do feel like you're walking heavier. You do yeah. feel like you're weighed down by all this. Uh, physical tasks, it does take you so much more effort to do them. Mm -hmm. Like I remember that year, I didn't want to get up and do dishes. I didn't want to take the trash out. I just felt like sitting and pouting yeah. <laughs> nonstop. All day long. All day long. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've we've, we've had conversations and you've, you've shared, like there have been friends that you've had and, and moments that you've had where there have been these breakdowns mm -hmm. and it, it takes a while. Yeah. I won't tell your stories, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, for me personally, hearing this is very encouraging because I don't know if it's because I'm such kind of a, uh, I can't think of the word, but visual person mm. that I typically see things kind of illustrated in my mind Yeah, a lot of times. And so going through a period of time where I did have to deal with unforgiveness, I can remember feeling that weight and almost when I would look at myself in the mirror or when I would, you know, you think of yourself in your mind's eye. I felt like I looked heavier. I looked more weighted, which I mean, I was because one of the <laughs> side effects of all of that was I, I gained a lot of weight during mm -hmm. 
during that time. Um, Emotional eating. That'll do it to you. Yeah. Yeah. But also just the heaviness that I felt like I carried on my shoulders from the situation. It just kind of, I don't, I felt like that dark cloud, you know how like a, in a cartoon, they've got the dark cloud that follows them. That's always raining. Raining just on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I felt like. Which is typically what they used to describe depression. Yeah. With. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely, it's surprising, but again, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know that it, you know, it, it raises your stress hormones, elevates your blood pressure. And I realized it could, would contribute to weight gain, too, because that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I have struggled with depression off and on most of my life. Uh, really heavy when I was young. Uh, and that translated into me being really heavy. And I'm still really heavy because I, that's, that's all I've known. I grew up teaching myself to eat to cover emotions and eat mm-hmm. to cover stress. And right now we've had a newborn baby for the last uh, month and a week. And I'm 100% stressed and not doing all that great on my uh, eating habits. I don't know why. Kids are not stressful at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. Like you get to, you get so exhausted. And this is actually a good analogy for it. The, the Having a newborn is, is gives you a lot of the same feelings. Yes. <laughs> because you are so emotionally exhausted. There, there are moments where you hate this baby. <laughs> where you want to you wanna go set this baby on the porch Matt, and go back no. inside. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> no, uh, uh, John, John, uh, yesterday at church was telling somebody, you know, you, you watch that video, they make you watch that video about not shaking your baby and it's really long and really annoying. And you're like, of course I'm not going to shake my baby. But then there are times when you're like, you know what? I understand how people could get there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You do. Yeah. <laughs> there are times you really gotta, because, because <laughs> that's what you automatically do when you're trying to snap someone out of it. That's like what you think normal, you know, normal adult people snap out of it and shake them, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you think. That's like your automatic go-to when people are freaking out and you need them to calm down, shake them. But anyway, scream at them, don't <laughs> yell at them. Shut you up. What's wrong with you? You can't do that to babies. <laughs> no, can't do that to babies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, you get that same, that same kind of overwhelmed feeling because it, yeah. it consumes all your emotions. Overwhelmed and yeah. exhausted and drained and just flustered and out of sorts. And... So the idea of ordering DoorDash here in 2021, instead of cooking a meal after a physically and emotionally exhausting day, yeah, that'll kick you right off your diet real quick. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And our DoorDash locally just continues expanding. So yeah, it really does. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's, that's one good thing that came out of uh, COVID times in our town anyway, is they really quickly kicked it up a notch when it comes to how they're going to deliver food in this town. Uh-huh. I didn't think we were ever going to get. It, it's been beautiful. <laughs> um, forming no mi- new memories, though, does surprise me. Like the, the, the ability to form. It's like it's it's like you're it's saying you're stuck in this moment. Yeah. You know, it's like you're not going to grow. You're not going to forge ahead into like you're stuck in this moment of time until you get out of it. You know? Yeah. That's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I keep going back to my ro- roast. <laughs> I keep going back to my roast. The roast I of wish Mo I had Oaks. a roast right now. Uh, I keep going back to my most recent n- need to forgive. Um, and yeah, I cannot think of a whole lot of good around that time. Which is really sad. Yeah, because it definitely happened. You yeah. definitely had good moments during that time, but yeah. your brain was just focused uh, almost exclusively on just how awful you felt in that situation. Yeah. yeah. It kind of mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not kind of. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All in all, it would take me, I want to say, nearly five years to get to the point where I could forgive this person. Uh, 
and even then it still pops up in my mind every now and then and like it said it is a it's not just a one and done process this is something you have to continually choose to do you have to con- continually choose to forgive this person mm-hmm. to remind yourself i have let this go and yep. i'm not holding this against them any longer yep and i wish them no ill will this is not my burden to carry anymore <laughs> we don't have to hang out anymore but i'm not gonna just harbor this forever yeah you know? Because it's not good for either of us, and it's not hurting him at all. You know, it's hurting me. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this week is all about forgiveness. Tomorrow, we will discuss the three different types of forgiveness and how you can utilize all of them to unburden your spirit. Stick around. We'll be right back to close out the show. We here at Love Thy Nerd emphasize intentional community. Join our Facebook group by searching for Love Thy Nerd Community. And if you not only like us, but you like, like us, like us, you should join our Discord server at lovethynerd.com slash Discord and jump in on some of our game night streams. Bottom line, we want to hang out with you. Come join us. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. And we wanted to know, are there people in your life right now who have hurt you that you are unable to forgive? So I asked this question on Twitter, and uh, I was kind of surprised by the results. Can I just say I'm glad I'm not on Twitter? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. I don't want to answer this. Quite a few people. Uh, (laughs) But the the yeses were only 21.9%. The no's were 78.1%. So that is good. That's encouraging. And I think maybe... Uh, rarer than I assumed. There's someone who jumped into our, our Discord chat who was a little more open and honest about the discussion <laughs> instead of just answering the anonymous Twitter poll. And uh, I'm not going to call him out because I don't know if he wanted that to be shared quite openly. But he just kind of let it all out saying, yeah, there's, there is, a, uh, I think he said a couple people right now that I have just been struggling for for a really, really long time forgiving and I'm working on it, but I can't get there yet. And if nothing else, that's still an encouraging mindset to have because that means you haven't quit. That means you're, he's, he's not given up on the goal of letting this go and forgiving and growing from it. Right. And that's not writing people off. Right. And that's, that's a good place to be in. Even if you can't, work all all the way to forgiveness and everybody in your life who's hurt you just yet, your mindset's still forward thinking. Right. Towards that goal, towards that desire to let that stuff go. Yeah. And so if that's where you are in your journey, that's great. We had somebody respond on Twitter, uh, am I unable to uh, forgive? No. Am I still working through it? Yes. So Mm -hmm. that's the same thing. It's like, yeah, there's somebody who has hurt me in my life and I'm trying to forgive them, but I'm not unable to forgive them. And I'm aware of that. Right. Like I know that I can work towards this, but I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Again, good mindset to have. Mm-hmm. So I am encouraged by this poll that so many people don't have anybody because that, that hopefully is a, a sign that, um, we're kind of growing as society. <laughs> Maybe growing as just believers, because I can't I can't confidently say that believers are any better about it than non-believers. Oh, no. At all. Yeah. Uh, Especially in these tumultuous times that we live in where Christians can get just as uproariously angry about things as anybody else. Yeah, no, we want (laughs) we want to be forgiven all day long. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to us giving the forgiveness. That's a whole nother story. A little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. But you I, will really see our human nature then. Right. But I am Sorry. encouraged because maybe we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Luke seventeen three. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And that's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online. I love that nerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy as well as this show. LTN Radio. <laughs> <Our other podcast. laughs> 
podcasts and videos. Uh, if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. And real quick, September is September over at Twitch, meaning that subscriptions to your favorite channels are 20% off for you, but we still get all the donation money from those subscriptions. So... If you have not yet subscribed to us on Twitch, go to twitch.tv slash LTN on air and shoot us a subby sub. Help us out and you get a discount for it. That'd be nice. We'll be back tomorrow morning. We hope you will too. Mo, final thought. I subscribed in August. And not since. Oh, no, wait. I did. It's just been a month. (laughs) Six month subscription in August, you turd. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. All right. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.